What we find is our system works for everyone because it breaks the complex process into the smallest little steps. Hello, and welcome to the Arts of Language podcast with Andrew Poudois, founder of the Institute for Excellence in Writing, or as many like to say, IEW. My name is Julie Walker, and I'm honored to serve Andrew and IEW as the Director of Marketing. Our goal here is to equip teachers and teaching parents with methods and materials which will aid them in training their students to become confident and competent communicators and thinkers. So Andrew, as we go into part two of what are we really doing here, I'm hearing our listeners. And so I just want to talk to our listeners just for a moment and ask, have you ever had a student come to you and say, I don't know what to write? Maybe they're even an IEW student and you've taught them the dress ups and you've done some sentence openers and you've taught them how to do keyword outlines, yet they still come to you and say, I don't know what to write. So, Andrew, do we have answers for that? We have the best answers that anyone has. We do. Good. And it shouldn't surprise adults that many children don't know what to say, don't know what to write, can't think of what to do, because children kind of live in a different world than we do. We can pretty easily think about last month, next month, last year, next year, something on the other side of the world, Mm -hmm. something we read about, abstract concepts. We can think about these naturally, but children, that's not natural to them. What are children usually thinking about? Today. Right now. Right now. Tell me what to do, and I'll do it, so I can get back to the real work of play, Mm -hmm. making forts and having fun and all that. So when we try to force a level of objectivity on children before they are at an age at which that is more easily done can cause stress, Mm -hmm. can cause a lot of stress. You see this sometimes in schools too. I remember working with one district that had a standard from the state that wanted grade four students to have a response to literature. In other words, tell what they think about a story they read. Mm Mm-hmm. And, of course, children in that age range, 9, 10 years old, it's not really natural for children to think about the story so much as to just want to retell it or hear it again or relive it because they're experiencing it viscerally. They're experiencing it analogically. They're looking at that story and intuiting truths from it, hopefully, Mm -hmm. not analyzing it. Andrew Kern says you have to be careful that you don't kill the puppy, that you don't chop the thing up so that you can understand it. Because in doing so, you've just lost all your opportunity to understand that you play with it. Right. So this objectivity problem, which I have noticed, means that we have to be careful not to accept some kind of goofy state standard or common core idea or something Mm -hmm. that is asking younger children to do an activity that is simply not appropriate. Mm-hmm. So that's one of the big problems of I don't know what to write is that unreasonable expectation. 
So what we notice in teaching things to children is that they naturally want to imitate, right? They will sing what they hear being sung. They will like to try and say stories that they've heard being said. They will like to draw things they've seen drawn. Mm -hmm. uh, this is a natural inclination of humans. And so our system bases the teaching of writing on imitation. And we could talk a little bit about the difference between knowledge, concepts, and skills. Yes, yes. That was you know, very useful when I learned this. I believe it traces back to a distinction that Mortimer Adler made in the Paideia proposal, that knowledge is basically information, and the way you acquire information is by memorizing it. Mm -hmm. And it's appropriate to test that and even assign a percentage. You want to learn all 50 capitals of all 50 states, you can attempt to do that, and you would memorize them by one system or another, and then you could give a test, and the student could have 100% or anywhere down from there. Concepts are, are not finite the way information is finite. Concepts are kind of just build and go on forever. They have to be taught through discussion. So if I were to say, what percentage of the concept of inflation do you understand? <laughs> this wouldn't make any sense mm -mm. because inflation is an infinite concept. You could spend your entire life studying it. Some people have, I'm sure. So how do you build concepts is you have a discussion, either a verbal or on paper. That's mm -hmm. why a lot of things used to require essay questions. And then you add more information and discuss it and integrate it. And then you add some more information and discuss and integrate. And so that really needs a kind of Socratic approach, one that's a question-based mode of assessment. Mm -hmm. Skills, of course, are things you do. You, they usually end in ing, so swimming, painting, playing a sport, writing. Mm -hmm. These are things you cannot learn by memorizing them or talking about them. Right. Right? I could... I could get you to memorize a whole lot of information about playing the violin, mm -hmm. and I could talk to you until we're both blue in the face about playing the violin, <laughs> but this will not give you the ability. You right. only will develop the ability by doing it. Mm -hmm. And so this requires coached practice. Mm -hmm. And if you look at really any skill, the imitation element is essential. Mm -hmm. If we just kind of fool around at a piano and, and randomly pluck out notes and try to learn to play the piano by doing this, well, we might learn to play something. But what level, what skill, what quality? Right. Instead, in music instruction and in better quality uh, art instruction, the, the coach, the teacher, will model, here's how you do this. Right. Now try to imitate me. Do it like me. And we'll continue that process for weeks or years before talking about the creative elements, such as in music would be uh, interpretation, mm -hmm. improvisation, composition, these things. So the creative elements can only exist upon the foundation of basic skills that are acquired through imitation. And then, of course, if you want to get better at something, you need something better than yourself to imitate. Right. If you just do what you can do, and you keep doing what you can do, but you're only doing what you can do, you will continue to do only what you can do. And <laughs> probably get bored doing it. However, if there's someone who can model something 
at a higher level Mm -hmm. that you can't necessarily do alone, but you can imitate, you can strive for that, you can emulate, right? Mm -hmm. Then you will find yourself able to do things that you couldn't do yourself without the coach. So part of what we're all about is using the structural models, the stylistic techniques, and the training of the coach, Mm -hmm. which includes firsthand doing it, learning it, getting it under your belt, as we talked about in the last session, exactly to help the children along this pathway. And so we begin by saying, not think of something to write, but here, here's an interesting bit of information about a person or a place or an Aesop fable or a little bit of uh, weird animals. Children love weird animals, mm-hmm, don't mm-hmm. they? And you can take some keywords from each sentence, put the original away, tell it back verbally and rewrite it. Mm -hmm. So easy. And so that's just like listening to Twinkle Twinkle Little Star on the piano Mm -hmm. hundreds of times, getting it in your brain. So we put the content in the brain. Mm -hmm. Then we have the notes. And isn't it interesting that in music we have notes to remind you of the music? Right. Right? The notes help you remember the music you've already memorized, Mm -hmm. as well as we use notes to remind ourselves of what we've read or what we want to say or write. Interesting. Never even noticed that. Yeah. It's one of those analogous terms that we just kind of have Mm -hmm. used forever and we Mm -hmm. forget about the deeper truth that lies under the analogical thinking. Anyway, we then model it for the child, even sometimes going so far as to dictate the sentence. Right. It's okay to tell a child what is the best way to write something the way we would show them the best way to do anything, whether it was how to blow bubbles in the pool or load the dishwasher or mundane things. How do, we, how do children learn? We show them, and then we give them a chance to try. And this is why our program is so appropriate for not just the gifted writer, but the special needs student that needs that extra help. There's room for that. And don't we get a lot of questions of people saying, well, I have a child with autism spectrum issues, or I have a very dyslexic child, or I have a child with auditory processing problems, and is it going to help? And what we find is our system works for everyone because it breaks the complex process into the smallest little steps and teaches the teacher, the mom, the coach, the tutor, the teacher, whatever you want to call, that process so they can then coach from firsthand experience. Right, and adjust the speed accordingly. Yeah. And, and then with, with talented kids, it's the same pathway. They can just go faster mm-hmm. along the pathway, and we give them more and more tools, and they get more and more excited mm-hmm. about, wow, now there's these other cool sentence openers or decorations or you know a, a different essay model. Wow, I can really play with this stuff right. at an accelerated rate. Right, and I think of the classroom teacher... That was me way back in the day, but classroom teachers that we're serving today as well, they of course have that spectrum in their group of students, and yet we have tools to help them address their talented students so they don't get bored. That's so common. Oh, my child is so bright. They get bored. Well, we've got a solution for that. Or my child is really struggling and they get frustrated. Yep, we've got a solution for that. And it's essentially the same content, just 
approached right. a little bit differently. And, and customized with mm-hmm. even within a group, leveled, layered, whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. And we try to explain that as best we can mm-hmm. in the video courses and the live trainings right. that we do. Right. So a lot of times, though, people look at that idea of taking keywords from each sentence, they kind of get stuck, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And they say, well, that worked. But what about real writing? Right. You know, I actually had a teacher once come to a, a two-day course and and I went over the whole outline of the unit one a month per mm-hmm. one unit per month and you hit unit seven, which is inventive, we used to call creative, but inventive writing the blank, the blank page. page yeah. We hit that in generally in April if you're on that schedule, right? March or April. And the teacher says, So you don't do any real writing until April? Right. And I thought, well, that's interesting. Her view is that everything else is, what, fake writing, not mm-hmm. real writing, cheating? Right. And yet, think about our daily life. When we write stuff, we're always using existing information. Right, of course. We are reporting on information we read or conversations we had. Mm-hmm. We're extracting and combining ideas. Mm-hmm. We really aren't very often required to come up with some unique, artistic, and original thing <laughs> because that's not what life is really about for, right. for most of us. And yet, if you walk the pathway through the nine units, what you discover is when you do get to that inventive writing, the kids have confidence. Right. And that's because of the progression of what our theme is here, thinking skills. Right. One thing I love, a quote by Francis Bacon, he said, reading maketh a full man, right? So mm-hmm. you fill, you furnish your mind, you fill your your cupboards with words and, and ideas and thoughts and expressions. So reading maketh a full man, speaking maketh a ready man. So now you've got to go find that stuff, put it together on the spot, impromptu, two minutes to plan, a five-minute speech, go, that type of skill. But writing maketh the exact man. Mm. And in exact, it's the precision of the organization and the presentation of the ideas. So how do we get there? How do we get there? Well, unit one and two, questions very easy. What are the key words in the sentence? Easy question, but you have to ask the question. But there's questions. You have to ask the question. That starts the process. Unit three, retelling narrative stories. What are the key elements in the story? Still a relatively easy question. Who's in the story? Where and where and when is it happening? What are the circumstances? What does someone want or need? What's their problem? What do they think? What do they say? What do they do? How is this problem solved? Mm-hmm. Uh, what is the outcome? And why would we tell the story? What's the thing to be learned from it? These are kind of a litany of questions organized in a particular narrative sequence. Right. So again, the students don't have to start with nothing and come up with everything. They start with a story, they use the questions to extract, and then represent the story. Mm -hmm. And the fact is, we see some of the excitement from our students, even the less creative ones, when we introduce the idea of variations right. on the story. So you can change little elements of the story, retell that one, but change things that you want to. New characters. Uh, put it in a different time and place. Uh, mm-hmm. Change you the see. characters. Modify the outcome if you want. 
And that's kind of what I see in terms of your idea of a theme and variations. Mm. If you look at any of the arts, whether it's uh, formal dance, painting, certainly in music, the idea of having a theme and then creativity in variations on that theme mm. is really the first place to start. Mm-hmm. If you don't have a theme, how do you have variations? How do you have creativity? It's much harder. One of the things you know, I know you've heard me talk about this, but uh, it's because I've been teaching Latin for five years, so right. now I'm all into the real root <laughs> meanings of words. Mm-hmm. But we have the word creativity, creative, which is from the Latin word creo, creare, which, which means to create. Mm-hmm. But the the core meaning of that word is kind of ex nihilo, right? In the beginning, God created mm-hmm. from nothing mm-hmm. the heavens and the earth. Right. Whereas the word invention, which is the classical term for coming up with content, mm-hmm. comes from the Latin verb invenio, meaning to find, mm-hmm. right? So you don't have to produce something from nothing. You find something that's already there. So we start this process of invention by finding the key elements of the story and then we can have creativity by connecting ideas that the child may carry around in their brain with that and we find them by asking questions absolutely absolutely now then we move to unit four and the questions probably for most people get a little trickier because now we have too many facts Mm -hmm. so it's not just what are the key words for the facts but what are the most interesting important or relevant facts and that requires discernment Mm -hmm. it requires choosing this is more interesting or important than that Mm -hmm. this is more interesting important I've got 10 facts but I can only put five in a paragraph on this topic and so the exercise of choosing actually is an exercise if you will if I could be so bold as to say in practicing wisdom yes Wisdom is, is right discernment. It's it's making good choices. It's yes. seeing the truth in relationship. Now, of course, young children don't necessarily know what's more important than what something else. Right. They're going to pick what's interesting to them. But, but they do know. Mm-hmm. They do know what's interesting. Mm-hmm. And so when we give them the freedom to make those choices and write from that, mm-hmm. this is helping them ask some harder questions. Questions that we want them to be comfortable asking when they're later. Mm-hmm. And teenager, what's the most interesting, important, meaningful, significant, beneficial thing to do? Right. It's the same type of activity. So we start there in Unit 4 with that. Unit 5, we get now close to the blank page. Mm-hmm. We don't have the, the story per se, mm-hmm. but we do have a set of pictures and a methodology of asking questions about those pictures. And for some people, this is a little bit harder. It would be very hard for me. I mean, when I was a kid, if you showed me a picture of a guy in a boat and said, write a story about it, oh, gosh. Mm -hmm. I would have wrote, once upon a time, there was a guy in a boat. Which I find ironic because you grew up sailing on a boat. Yes, but I did not grow up knowing how to think about (laughs) that type of Mm -hmm. circumstance or situation. And now 
I, I think I understand it because you just run the litany of questions. Who, what, where, why, when, how? What happened before? What happened after? What's a guy thinking? What's he feeling? Is there anything outside the boat? You know, I could spin it for probably as long as you needed me mm-hmm. to. It might not be very interesting. But I could keep coming up with content because I know the trick. Ask questions. Mm-hmm. So this is kind of a key weaning step for in our system between mm-hmm. the, the dictated content of Units 1 and 2 and the blank page of Unit 7. So Unit 5, writing from pictures, and I've said the story publicly. First time I taught through this system, I skipped it. Mm-hmm. I just skipped Unit 5 because I had, this is stupid, this creative writing business. <laughs> Who cares? It's just dumb. <laughs> I wanted to get right to the meat of things, right? Mm-hmm. Research, mm-hmm. essays, because that's the side I'm more comfortable on. But I came to understand over a period of years that that Unit 5, while it can sometimes come out as being very playful, even annoyingly silly, depending on the age of the children right, <laughs> and the sex, if they're boys, they can get a little very off the wall. But it gives them that chance to ask those questions, and that discipline is what is building then uh, at a deeper level Mm -hmm. that that fifth element of the language arts, that quintessential element. Of thinking, yes. Then unit six is an extension of four, where instead of just one source text with too many facts, you've got too many source texts with too many (laughs) facts, and now you have... The added question of not what's interesting, important, or relevant, but also how to organize those in a logical sequence. Mm -hmm. What should go first? Why? Mm -hmm. What should go next? Why? What should go after that? And again, this is a skill. You could dictate to the child and say, here's the way you should do it. And they will imitate you and learn something from it. But by letting them wrestle with it a little bit, by actually making those decisions themselves, They'll grow more confident in making decisions. I have an article I wrote a long time ago because someone didn't understand this. Mm. And they were very product-oriented. It's like, but everything should be, you should always get the thing that you can hang on the wall that's the best thing a kid could produce. Right. So I wrote a little article called That, Not What. Oh, nice. It's more important that a child choose what facts to put in their paper than the facts they choose, what mm-hmm. facts they choose, mm. because they're exercising their willpower in making those decisions. Hmm. We'll post a link to that article in our show notes then. Yeah. I don't know. Might have to reread it. I <laughs> yeah. haven't looked at it for years. <laughs> and then, of course, Unit 7, that's where we hit the blank page. And that's where it's just you, your brain, whatever you happen to carry around in it, your imagination, your basic experience, your memory. Right. For a lot of people, that is the the apex of the thing. Mm-hmm. Write about your experience. Tell what you think about this or that. But it's so important for us to remember whoever we are, you know, whether it's a, an eight-year-old child or me, we are going to be limited to what we write yes. to what we carry around in our brain. Right. And that's going to be built up over time, our things we observe, the stories that we hear and read the vocabulary, the sense of language, the literary devices that we may or may not have had experience with. Mm -hmm. So that's where we really see almost the greatest effect of the database building. Hmm. 
right? So when the student has no source text, they're kind of left on their own, come up with it all. That's where we see the those who had read to and been read to in huge quantity, who had memorized poetry and had retold stories and had, for lack of a better word, traveled the world. Right. And while they may not travel the world per se, they may travel the backyard. Right. And make as many observations about the plants and animals and the mm-hmm. sun and the moon and the fireflies as they may have gone to Egypt or whatever. Mm-hmm. So... That unit seven, that's what we call now inventive writing. And that's where we see pretty much everything come together on mm-hmm. the on mm-hmm. the how to think side. Then unit eight, I view as actually the apex. Mm. Because this is when you have to collect up facts and tell what you think about those facts. Right. You have to have an opinion. An essay has to have an opinion. Or you can go the other way. You can have an opinion and tell that. But if you don't collect facts to support your opinion, well, an opinion without facts, that's just obnoxious. Right. (laughs) Right? So we don't want that. We want the child to have both of those skills. This is why the structure and style syllabus is, there's nothing out there that I see that compares with the effectiveness Mm -hmm. of these nine units Mm -hmm. because we teach both sides. Mm -hmm. Collect up, choose, organize, present facts how to ask increasingly challenging questions and think better, and then they come together in the essay. Facts, what do you think? Have an opinion, what do you think? Facts to support. And then our little denouement would be our Unit 9 in writing about literature, where we take that same idea, and rather than what's your opinion about these facts, what do you think about this story? Mm -hmm. And so we have that critique model that can replace the the horrifying idea of a book report. And sometimes we recommend that you don't even introduce that to your children until they're fifth or sixth grade. Sure, sure. I mean, and of course, you can teach through Mm -hmm. these nine units over the course of a school year. I think that's appropriate at Mm -hmm. grade four or five. If you have children on the younger side, you may spend six, maybe eight weeks per unit and only get up to, say, unit five. Right. That would be fine. And with high school students, you can go a little faster. You probably don't need to do a whole month of unit one and two keywords from every sentence. Mm-hmm. Speed it up and then grab yourself a few months to work with research and essays if that's your goal. Right. Uh, you know, readiness for whatever, the, uh, the next school, the university, the real job. And then going through this syllabus several years, you know, introducing the stylistic techniques, with, which is what my boys remember having gone through the system, the, the classes that I taught. The kids just love getting a new stylistic technique. But at the end of the day, these structural models are what is actually creating the thinking skills. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's the deeper magic. Mm. <laughs> it's, it's, it, it's the quintessence. It's the stuff from which... Everything else has made that that thing. And, you know, I had an interesting story. One wonderful teacher, I'm sure she's retired because it's been a long time since I met her, Mrs. Idy mm-hmm. in Washington State. And she told me one time, she said, I was so honored this year because one of my students came to me at the end of the year and she said, Mrs. Idy, I've learned more in your class this year than I've ever learned in school. Hmm, I think wow. fifth grade five, or something mm-hmm. you know, sweet little child. <laughs> and what what this teacher said to me was the first time I really started to understand what are we really doing here. Mm-hmm. And this teacher said, 
And I realized it wasn't because of the information or the culture of the classroom or the things we read or talked about. It was because of the writing program. This girl knew she had not just learned stuff. She had learned how to think. And it was after this teacher, Shirley Idy, told this story to me that I then wrote the first article on this subject, How to Think. Right, <laughs> right. And that's what we're really doing here. That is what we are really doing here. Thanks so much for joining us. If you enjoyed this episode and want to hear more, you can subscribe to this podcast in iTunes or Stitcher, or just visit us each week at IEW.com slash podcast. Until then, on behalf of Andrew Poudois and the team at IEW, I thank you for the privilege of allowing us to partner with you on this educational journey toward better listening, speaking, reading, writing, and thinking.